about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. He's getting called. That is our guest on this week's episode of Worst Gig Ever. Hey, everybody. I'm Mike Pace. I'm Jeff Garlock. And this week we have Mr. Adam Hanbird, former child actor, Mm -hmm. current screenwriter, all-round good guy. He has some amazing tales of Hollywood living in life. He really does. He's got, yeah, he's got some fantastic tales throughout his entire career. Storied career. He was Little Man Tate. He was Little Man Tate He was in one of Jeff's favorite franchises of all time, Halloween. He was in Halloween H2O. He gets to hear me go way too deep, probably, for very briefly, and talk about Mustafa Akkad and (laughs) uh, way too much weird Halloween stuff. He's he's also a young Robin Williams in Jumanji. We get into all of this stuff. Just a little background on how we got in touch with Mr. Adam Honbird, mm-hmm. mild band Oxford Collapse, released an EP, about five songs, a few years ago, inexplicably titled, at the time we thought it was pronounced, the Hanbird EP. <laughs> Turns out it's actually the Honbird EP. We're on tour. We're in Seattle. We get an email from none other than Adam Honbird saying, hey guys, I've never had a record named after me. I'd love to see you when you're in LA. Let's see if we can make it happen. Lo and behold, we're playing in LA two days later at the Roxy, fantastic show who knew adam honberg shows up with an entourage of like two people and (laughs) we proceed to have a great night we went to canner's deli and i remember we're all sitting around the table it's a fantastic kosher jewish deli might not need me kosher i'm not sure i ordered not really an important it's it's not an important deal but i'm just coloring the scene (laughs) i i ordered a cup of matzo ball soup and a black cherry soda adam honberg's time to order he goes you know what I'm going to have a black cherry soda. What? We then had a great night. We were hanging out. At the end of the night, we're staying with friends. We have, you know, a big day the next day. You know, maybe it's 2, 2.30. We're getting tired. And Adam says, so where are we going next, guys? <clears throat> and we're like, uh, we got to go. <laughs> the party uh, never ends. But we wound up keeping in touch go out to L.A. and we'd see him and we'd hang out and we've kept in touch ever since. And you continued this relationship on our own podcast. And he was in New York and we had him on and it was great and you're going to love it. And if you like him, then you should check out our other episodes. Go to Worst Gig Ever. WorstGigEverPodcast.tumblr.com or go to Facebook. Email us at WorstGigEver at gmail.com. iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Tweet at us at WorstGigEver, at Mikey Pace, at G Garlock. We got the goods. We got it all. Uh, So go and listen to those older episodes, but right now, listen to this one. (laughs) And then... Listen to those older ones, and then, then listen to this listen one Listen to again. it again. Infinite Loop, Adam <laughs> Hanbird, Little Man Tate. He's a big boy now. <laughs> Sounds gross. <laughs> the worst gig ever. <laughs> You know, that's, that's a really, uh, that's a good one. <laughs> good question. Um, I mean, I've been very fortunate. I started in this business when I was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just fell into it. I mean, I, you know, 
most of the time you hear about people, you know, working their way up and they want to be an actor and they try so hard to get into the business. Right. And, uh, you know, the whole crazy auditioning process and they're doing all kinds of, um, you know, unethical things to try and get their foot in the door. And with me, you know, I, I was like seven years old. I just, I just <laughs> sort of was sitting in math class in second grade and a casting director just sort of walked by and was like, Oh, he looks like he'd be good for this movie. And, uh, <laughs> and it turned out that was actually Little Man Tate. So that was my first audition, first anything. Uh, and that was when I was seven. And, uh, were they so literally walking through the school? They were literally walking through the school. That's and this and is, in, this is, you grew up in Manhattan. This right? is in this Manhattan. Is like, yeah, in a little, right. uh, public school in Greenwich Village. And so Jody Foster walked Well, it the wasn't hallways. Jody. Jody didn't okay. walk through. But the casting director walked through. Right. And she thought, you know, well, he looks like he could play Jody Foster's son, you know. Right. So, um, so I, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I just sort of went in. This was my first audition, first anything. Um, 200 other kids and like, you know, just, I was totally out of my element. Um, I had a mosquito bite on my eye. My eye was swollen <laughs> shut. And, uh, and uh, you know, like I just sort of went in and did my thing. And right. sure enough, they go, you know, well, we really like you and we want to have Jody come in and, and meet with you and everything like that. So this project just totally fell in my lap. And that was like probably the best gig ever. Yeah, it was like right. one of the best experiences. She was so wonderful so nice and uh and and uh and generous to me sure. you know and she went out of her way to really make sure it was like the best experience of my life right had you so, or your family had any like t like thoughts before because i think that's like thoughts of thoughts like, of like i would like to do i mean obviously you were seven but like yeah, in some ways it seems like maybe if you're going in in that way you kind of just don't care right right like you I don't was, have that like stage parent not at all thing. not at all my parents you know they were not your typical stage parents right uh, i saw a lot of talk about uh horror stories yeah yeah there were a lot of lot of those parents those in the in children. the casting director in the uh casting offices but uh you know but, but i was very fortunate and right. i mean yeah i didn't really ever think about acting before yeah. um uh, you know, I was really into Ninja Turtles. I really liked <laughs> movies. I was a huge movie yeah. buff. Right. And my dad is actually a, a cinematographer. So I kind of knew that, like, that I knew that it wasn't just purely magic. Right. Like the way a lot of sure. kids did. I right. sort of knew that there was a process behind making movies, but I never really thought about acting or anything right. like that. So um, anyway, so that just fell in my lap and I really had just an amazing experience with that. And I didn't realize how good I had it until the next movie. And so I, so I did this, this movie, uh, it was about two years after Little Man Tate. Mm -hmm. And Little Man Tate was, was an amazing experience for me, like I said, but it was also like a little overwhelming because I uh -huh. didn't really know what I was getting myself into. And it was the, you know, title character for this right. big movie. And like, you know, I had, um, Publicity, you know, um, uh, paparazzi guys, and, and you're thrust you know, into this, just like you know, like stalking me and like right. you know, like chasing me to my hotel, and like it was very, like <laughs> it was pretty intense. So, so, <laughs> sure. I, so after that, I kind of became like a little bit withdrawn, uh -huh. and uh, I decided, you know, I just want to like go back to school and be a normal old guy, and you know, all that. And um, and it wasn't until two years later uh, that I did my next project. Um, which was called Digger. And it was, <laughs> it was this Canadian, it was, we were shot it up in Canada and pretty much like as amazing as Little Man Tate was, this was like just the polar opposite <laughs> of like seeing all the dark side of the industry. Right. Um, so, I mean, there were some great people on yeah. that project too. Uh, it was me and, uh, 
Josh Jackson was in it mm-hmm. um, <laughs> from Dawson's Creek course, and yeah. Fringe. And uh, Leslie Nielsen, who was like at my at the time, I was like 10. <laughs> and he God, was like my right he was my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we had like crazy fart wars on set and like <laughs> just constantly playing pranks with yeah, one another. Right. So that that made it all all uh, worthwhile. Worthwhile. But um, but the project itself was just like such a disaster. And uh, just right from the start. I remember, uh, you know, these producers had approached me and, uh, you know, they made me an offer, uh, you know, just right off the bat. I, I didn't audition or anything. Yeah. They were, you know, we just want you to be in this movie. Right. And I, so I was interested in the project. And then it, that project got put on hold because I think the producer got like indicted or something. And like, it was, there, was, there was all kinds of right off the bat, you know, yeah, it's going to be, got sketch. it's going to be sketchy. Yeah. And then we get there and it, like I said, we shot in Canada and I was so naive at the time because i had only done one movie before um i didn't realize that you could still even though it was it, it was in canada you could still go by sag rules right. and you know all the union stuff so um so they they were able to get away with like a lot right yeah. <laughs> basically um well they, also naive that it's only your second movie, but also, how old are you at this I'm point? I'm 10. I'm 10, 10 yeah. years old. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just sort of I haven't going... even decided to do anything. Yeah, right, right. Um, I was having fart wars with myself. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was All it. I was doing was making proclamations I would only wear sweatpants for the rest of my life. Other than that, so you're so operating on a, on a different plane than I was. Yeah. Okay. But so anyway, so they're getting away with so, other things. Yeah, that... so, you know, basically, they're like, like shooting this movie through, like, the producer's guild in Canada. And so, you know, they're, like, doing these, like, crazy things. Like, you know, I'm 10 years old and I'm working like they're working me 12 hour days, Oof. I think. And, you know, you're in, like through SAG, I think you're only supposed to do an eight hour day. Right. And uh, so, you know, so we're like going like something's wrong here, like 12, 12. 12 hours seems like a lot every day. Right. And we'd go to the producers guild and the producers union and, and, you know, go, uh, so what's the deal with this? And they're like, Oh yeah, whatever the producers say, that's totally cool. And we're like, <laughs> okay. So, uh, so yeah. So like it just kept going and I was in pretty much every scene of the movie and, um, they're just working me to the bone and the thing is called digger and I, for two weeks, they had me down in this ditch with a heavy shovel digging. <laughs> and I'm like, digging as up. the title character yeah, yeah, is, yeah, uh, won't sure, right. character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So they have me digging down to China, and <laughs> I'm like, I'm just dying down there. I mean, there's dust getting in my lungs, and like, I'm digging up like bones of like people's pets. And like, it was just like really intense. And like, I basically got really sick at that point. Yeah. Uh, they got like bronchitis. Because I was like Virginia Blacklock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, so I get bronchitis, and they're like basically like, "All right, take a day off, and then get back to work." So, <laughs> so they gave me like Saturday off, and then back to work on Sunday. You know, Jeez. and Leslie so, Nielsen will shoot your scenes. For yeah, you. right. <laughs> like, yeah, send in, send in the ringer yeah. here. Uh, and so they don't, uh, they don't shut down production or anything when the titular titular star is as no, bronchitis. No, I got, I got one day. I yeah. got one day. Uh, so that was really rough. And then afterwards, uh, we finished the movie and I got like mono for six months. So it was like just the, the, the gift that kept yeah. on, uh, giving. Wow. <laughs> and, and on top of that too, like it wasn't just me, like Josh Jackson also, um, you know, had really bad asthma. Right. And so like, you know, they've got me in the ditch and I'm like digging and <laughs> like breathing in all this crap. And then he's also like, you know, he's got asthma problems and we're like shooting these scenes. And for some reason, every scene in that movie, they decided to like pump in smoke <laughs> to just I don't know maybe just to mess with him I don't know smoke machines are the worst we've talked about it anyways yeah. they are the worst but I can't imagine 
if you have yeah asthma bronchitis yeah and we're just sitting there yeah. of the for trying to do 12 this. hours a day exactly like, there's yeah. definitely been times where the band has played and like they don't tell you that there's going to be a smoke machine right on stand, and then they start pumping out smoke machines. Like, are one of oh, yeah. the only things trying to sing too. Yeah. I can only imagine but so, that's going to be one of the only things when you realize, like, oh wait, yeah, your body can revolt against something and like just close <laughs> up your throat. Like for me, like I have like a reaction to it where like my lungs go like, nope, let's yeah. not do this anymore. Absolutely, uh, yeah. So Godspeed yeah. for twelve hours. Oh, yeah, it was it was rough. It's, yeah, every day, yeah. and uh, and so and Josh's character in the movie too was supposed to be dying of cancer. <laughs> so I think like they just thought maybe like, hey, it looks the part or something. <laughs> right. But like there was, you a, really nailed it. Yeah, really. Yeah, really. You're, you're doing looking, you're looking extra, role, like. extra pale, yeah. looking yeah. good. Yeah, a little Bobby De Niro on set, really getting into the role. Yeah, game. this wheezing is yeah. really like it just sounds so realistic. It's great. But um, yeah, there was one day like they we had to like send him to the hospital. It was that Jesus. bad. Yeah. So so that was that was a fun one. Oh, and then also on that same project, um, I was also like so as a kid, I you know I mentioned I was into Ninja Turtles. I was also really into <laughs> Ghostbusters. That was my other big thing. Yeah. So when I I was really young i was like totally cool like i'd run around like well i'd run around with my friends at school and like play ghostbusters mm -hmm. i think we actually for copyright uh purposes <laughs> didn't call ourselves the ghostbusters we were worried about that we were the ghoul squad <laughs> but um but i would like i would you know i was like I didn't mind cemeteries because I was like, sure, you were you know, into that. I was, yeah. I was like, ah, I'm a Ghostbuster. Like, it was cool. cool. I can understand yeah. and that feel. Right. And then by the time I hit 10 and I did this movie, there was a scene where we were like in this graveyard. Uh, they had me in the graveyard all night long. Again, like the 12 hour day, like all through the night. And they had me like sitting by this grave and it totally freaked me out. Sure. <laughs> so, so after that point, like, yeah, I mean, even to this day, like I just I get creeped out by graveyards now. And uh, yeah, like I said, the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. That, wow. That, that so I, I, a couple of questions right off the bat. Yeah. From that. Mm -hmm. I mean, so what happened with this? Because this is not one of the films in your of your that I am yeah. aware of. It actually came out. It, mm -hmm. it uh, I think it premiered at the Vancouver film festival this was you know this was years ago yeah, right. um but uh and it actually it turned out to be a, a decent movie a I lot of people like i remember it. it was yeah it was you know you definitely would see the box in um blockbuster right. video stores right. and you know and it's leslie's it's, on the cover it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think me and josh and you yeah. know sort of uh looking you know up to the stars uh, and <laughs> when you're when you're working on this like at the time and i can keep taking into consideration that you're 10 years old are you aware that like this this is going to be good and we're going through this all you know, of this stuff this for the good it? of the pro yeah 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 well i i think that hmm that's good <laughs> yeah. i think that i think that really like when you're working on a project you do get a good sense of like whether it's going to come out well or not and yeah. I, I think in general the the projects that are really fun to work on uh, you know, where everybody's getting along and like, right. you know, you've got just got great people and it just all sort of clicks. You know, those projects are going to come out really well. And then on the flip side, when everything kind of goes to hell and like, you know, people aren't getting along and uh, people are doing sketchy stuff and, you know, there's mm -hmm. egos at work. Uh, the pro, the final product is rare. I think when you have like just something come out that's just like, wow, that was just that came out so great you know right. sure um but uh this one I, I you know it was actually i was a little surprised because you know it was it was uh, pretty dysfunctional yeah on set but um they sort of re in editing changed a lot of the story and they did all these <laughs> different things and um and yeah it was actually it turned out to be a pretty 
touching movie. So. Uh, Except yeah, for the yeah, Leslie yeah. Nielsen. The Leslie Crotch Nielsen shot. Like, yeah. yeah right. What's that? Yeah. So Leslie? Le- oh, wait. Oh. So, so Leslie, yes, I mentioned, you know, we used to have these fart wars, and he was known for always carrying around this little fart machine everywhere he went. I mean, he, like, he, I think there was a story where he, like, I mean, it was just this little mechanical, yeah, like right. a handheld thing that he would squeeze, and it would, and it would get this good fart sound. And, and I would, you know, I would take it very seriously with him, like, you know, how to get the best, the best sound out of it and all of that stuff and we would try to embarrass each other but um yeah i mean he was known for this yeah. uh i think one one time he uh like was with prince rainier or something on a golf cart and he pulled it out and he got rainier to uh to fall off the golf cart classy. laughing Listen. very classy yeah uh so anyway but we would have these fart wars and um you know it just would sort of escalate as they as of course you know fart sure. wars do yes um and uh so you know it went from having the little machines to all of a sudden like i'm like getting the entire crew involved in these like elaborate setups where like uh the the best the best one <laughs> that i pulled was um we I, I i mean i literally got like 100 people from the crew involved in this thing we rigged up his trailer um with uh we we set up like a whoopee cushion uh-huh. under under the steps of his trailer and we're getting you know sort of propping it up with these apple boxes and the whole thing and i i assembled like i mean i got special effects guys i got everyone involved Industrial in this light thing. magic yeah yeah involved. right like it's it's getting very complicated and um so basically we're ready to like pull off this prank and um I have like the entire crew assembled outside his trailer trying to look sort of casual like they're right. not waiting for something to happen but like you know we've got ev- everyone's just sort of standing there and uh you know like the, I get the AD to go up and like knock on his trailer door and go you know uh Leslie it's time you know we're ready to shoot blah 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 Leslie Nielsen is not coming out of his trailer. So, like, we waited, like, an hour. I don't know what he was doing in there. Prima Donna. He would just, he would not come out of his trailer. So, finally, uh, after about, it was about an hour, an hour and a half, he comes, he comes walking out, and he steps down onto, onto the first step, and it makes this incredibly loud fart noise. It pull it off without a hitch. It's great. Everybody's laughing, like, pointing at him, and, like, you know, yeah. it's just great. Meanwhile, got an Oscar. Yeah, that's right. It was uh, sound design. It was a really, it was a beautiful moment. (laughs) But Leslie just kind of like looks around and then sort of doesn't acknowledge it and just sort of keeps walking. (laughs) Right. And so I like then come like running up after him to kind of gloat and rub it in his face. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, like, aha, like score one for me, none for you. Uh And he goes, uh, hold on, hold on, kid. Just one second. And he and he goes to his ear and adjusts his 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 hearing aid which was off <laughs> and he missed the whole thing oh, he missed the whole Leslie. thing so he turns his hearing aid on he goes uh, yeah well, what were you saying <laughs> but you guys weren't rolling on that I no no we weren't rolling, production unfortunately <laughs> yeah to, to, to so this all of this begs the question yeah i'm talking pulling off this elaborate prank mm-hmm. the the uh the hours that you're working the fact that you're 10 years old where are your parents and or parental guard? Aren't you supposed yes. to have someone on set kind of making sure or that... This is Canadian rules. Yeah, this, this like, is Canadian rules. No, Anything like, goes. Tutor yeah. on set. Uh, uh, who's keeping you yeah, in check? No, my mom, was, my mom was around and, you know, again, like she, she was always looking out for me, but she just, you know, none of us really knew what the rules were. Uh, right. And so if you've got the producers and the guild and everyone sort of saying like, oh yeah, this is cool. Don't worry about it. You know, we're sort of following our gut and being like, no, I don't, I don't know if this is cool and <laughs> 
trying to fight back as best we could, but there wasn't a whole lot that, you know, it, yeah. if the situation were to happen now, it would go down differently. Right. But, uh, we were just so new to the game. Uh, and then tutors, yeah, tutors are just sort of notorious. Um, <laughs> when, when you're working on movies and you're a kid, um, you basically have to have a tutor on set. You have right. to do, I think it's three hours of school a day, uh-huh. right. which is really not that much sure, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, and so some, a lot of, child actors have uh like they'll just be homeschooled and they've got a permanent tutor right. um that sort of comes along with them i was one of those people that always just i never wanted to sort of be like i just wanted yeah. to have a normal life right. and just like see friends you know back in sure, new york right, who right. weren't you know actors and stuff like that so i was always in public school and uh i would just sort of like take off for 3 months from right. school go do a movie and they would hire a tutor for me and i would like basically just call my friend back in new york and just get homework assignments <laughs> and stuff and do that and the the tutor would just more or less really just sit in the corner and read a newspaper right. if yeah. like on a like on a good <laughs> on a good day right. in a good situation they would just kind of like help me with my homework and like kind of like lay off a little bit yeah. but 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 most tutors are just there are these little old school moms and it's really the best job in the world cuz you don't do very much. You have to sit with the kid for three hours There's a day. An obligation the rest to of the, be the rest of the day, you're just kind of, you know, hanging around set. Right. And, uh, so it's a, it's actually a pretty cushy gig, but most of the people who do this, who know about it are these little old school mar- marms yeah. and they're just these really just out of touch old ladies. Right. And some of them are just really nasty too. Like yeah. they're very strict and, and I, and I hated the majority of the tutors <laughs> that I had, uh, to the point where like I at one point almost ran one over with my golf cart <laughs> on the Fox lot. Uh, we were, I was shooting an episode of NYPD Blue and uh, this woman was, she was so nasty to me. Like she would just hound me all the time. And I, I remember at the time I was, I think I was reading Around the World in 80 Days uh-huh. and she would stop me every five minutes to to quiz me to make sure that I was actually reading and that I wasn't spacing out. So <laughs> like I, you know, so she, so I'd be reading and she'd be like, stop, like, so what's happening now? And I'm like, and I'm like, well, you know, they're in this car, they're going, and she's like, and what else? And I'd be like, well, they're talking, you know, they're talking about this and that, and she's like, and what else? And I'm like, nothing. Like you just, this has been like two minutes, and she'd be like, well, what about the balloon? And uh, you know, and I'd be like, you know, there, there isn't even a, I don't even think there's a balloon in the book. <laughs> Spoilers, yeah, spo- sorry, spoiler yeah. alert, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was just getting so fed up, and uh, at, and and. Yeah, at one point, um, I had like stolen a golf cart because you know that's what you do on you our, a lot. Franz, yeah. Right? yeah, me and Dennis, we were driving <laughs> around naked, and uh, <laughs> that's right. Dennis Franz likes to moon people yeah. from the back of the golf cart. Uh, but yeah, so I'm driving around, and and again for like a kid, it's like it's so much fun to like right. drive one of these things, you know. And golf I'm carts like, are the best. Yeah, yeah I'm just <laughs> driving around and and cruising around the the lot, and out of nowhere, I see this tutor jump into the middle of the road. <laughs> With her, like you know, with her ruler, you know, be like, you get back here right now. For the listener, so, uh, yeah. Adam is raising his fist to the sky as yeah, if a kind right. of like it's classic ruler yes. motion. Yeah. It was such a, a vivid uh, moment, yes. even even now I can, I can picture it. And uh, and so I at that point floored the uh, gas pedal and just start gunning it for her. This she's probably like in her seventies, right. and she's like diving out of the. Way. She was spry though. Yeah. She was spry. A spry seven. 70s school marm <laughs> yeah spry enough that, um, that, so well in terms of of i've always wondered in terms of having that onset tutor 
at what eight is it like 16 or something? And then after that, you don't need it, or is it 18? I would like, guess it's probably 18, yeah, because uh, right. that's when you graduate high school, right? Okay, um, in fact, yes, so I was. Yeah, yeah, I've I did a couple movies in high school, and I yeah, I still had to have the, okay. the tutor. Oh, I can imagine having um, a tutor when you're like seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, it's gotta be the worst. Yeah, they were pretty bad, and and it's also bad too. Like once you get up into high school level, and you're like doing specialized stuff, like right. you know, chemistry class yeah, right. or whatever. <laughs> like these people do not know chemistry, so like just trying to find someone who could Every like actually. What are you me. doing now? Yeah, what are you what doing chemical now? Chemical? Are you doing? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, uh, do that. Bunsen so, burner in your dressing yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's like. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's like Breaking Bad. I'm in the <laughs> RV, you know, cooking up all this, all this blue ice. Uh, <laughs> so, but you, I mean, it sounds like also like you were able to, like knowing that these tutors were kind of lax yes. in their job. Like, I mean, did you have that though in your brain of like, but I want to also. Yeah. Well, here. school was important to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I think. Uh, you know, I was always a good student. Right. Right. <laughs> I never particularly loved doing the academic stuff, sure. but but I think just. Uh, the social aspect of it and again like I just always you know in this business you see a lot of people sort of get pulled into the fast lane and sure. and uh, and and all of that so for me I, I just always even early on realized like I just want to stay grounded and right. be a normal person so for me school was always a way of like doing that and and college as well like right. you know well, after, that's interesting. like what do you attribute that to like I mean there's because it does seem like it's you get that kind of if you have the personality or the leaning to, or your parents, and I'm sure it's a big yeah. chunk of your parents. Yeah. Like, what was it that kept you, even at such a young age, like kind of just like, well, no, but I'd also like to be a human being. Yeah, yeah, not exactly. Be this. Well, I definitely attribute a lot of it to, yeah, my upbringing. My parents were mm-hmm. very, you know, always raised me with, with some, with good grounding. Uh, mm-hmm, so that right. was always good. Um, but again, also, like, I think because it sort of fell in my lap and, uh, and I always enjoy, like, I enjoy the, the, I've, I've always been a creative person person and mm-hmm. I enjoy um, uh, telling stories and right. all of that. My goal was never really to be a star sure. or anything like that. Sure. I just like being on sets. I like getting into character. I like telling stories and sort of putting the puzzle pieces together. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think, you know, there are a lot of people out there and especially kids who just are, first of all, not very well uh, uh, suited. They're not very well grounded. You know, their parents right. push them into it or whatever, and they're right. not ready for that kind of level of 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 uh, attention and fame. Uh, but also, that's their goal. Is like, yeah. I want to be famous. I don't. It's not. I want to be an actor. Which and is, I want. Yeah, that's like it's a yeah. different mindset. Yeah, I totally. Be famous versus I want to be an actor. I want right. to be creative. It's exactly. It's totally different. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever and seen it, that documentary about? Oh, there's that. There's that uh, complex yep. in L.A. I know exactly what you're talking that about. Exactly, the uh, the it? Hollywood complex, yeah, which is about Have the Oak. Seen that? No, it's about the Oakwood Apartments yeah. Yeah. in Los Angeles in Burbank, and uh, there it's it's about five minutes from the Warner Brothers lot and a bunch of the other studios. And so it's sort of notorious uh, every pilot season uh, for all these, not just kids, but a lot of kids right. come to L.A. and they stay at the sure. Oakwood Apartments. And uh, they basically come for pilot season to, to get their big break. And uh, a lot and a lot of them just, especially in that documentary, it's, it's pretty fascinating. Yes. But they don't, there's, it's not like anybody ever even told them, hey, you've got something, you should go try to be an actor or even that they you know felt so strongly about oh yeah. i want to do this it's it's usually like their parents just decided yeah. 
hey, you're going to be a star. We're going to move out to L.A. and do this, you know. And it's uh, a wild ride. Yeah, it's totally wild. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this episode is brought to us by the Hollywood by the uh, by the Oakwood so, you, you you had made reference to earlier when you're talking about these auditions and how you got Little Man Tate out of an you know two hundred other uh, uh you know actors. Um, it sounds like you also saw some some horror. Like, oh, absolutely! Just yeah. show what were they? What are they called? Like show show parents or whatever. Yeah, trying right. To like, yeah. Oh yeah, you know you see parents, you know, sort of coaching their kids, you know, yeah. how to say everything, and and like they'll you know be adjusting every little hair on their head, right. and the kids have these big smiles, and they come in, they're like, "Hey, how's it going?" You know, <laughs> and like for me, I actually sort of. Uh, I guess I sort of defined my personality very much against that. Right. And it, it really, it, it hurt me in a lot of ways, um, early on because I was always like, you know, I'd see these kids and I would <laughs> go like, I do not want to come across that yeah. way. So there might be nothing worse. Yeah. I think it was like it painful to me. Judd Apatow like had said something recently about how most child actors suck. Yeah. Just because that whole, I think what you're, you know, this whole precociousness, and this complete unnatural, right. yeah, hey guys, yeah, right. and it's completely put on like a man. little man, well, right? Not yeah. little man Tate, but a little, a little like, guided yeah. by parents who most of them don't have the skill, anyways. Exactly. So they're that's telling right. you what to do, they, but they don't know what they're they think doing. they know what they're. Yeah. yeah, they think they know what the casting well, directors want. Willikers, right. you'll know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So you see a lot of that, and and for me, you know, I I just I I hated it so much, and I was yeah. so turned off by it that I I would go into these things and I wouldn't make small talk at all. Right. I would go in and I'd be very quiet and straightforward and they go, hey, how's it going? And I'd be like, good. And then they go, well, what's going on? And I'm like, not much. Like, do you want to read? Should we do yeah. this? You know? And then we'd like go into it and like for like the first two years and again, like, you know, I did Little Man Tate and then it was like two years until right. I did yeah. another thing. Uh, and part of that was because I was, again, like sort of withdrawn, but also partially because of this. Um, but like the feedback was always like, man, like we love this guy's like Reed is, you know, he just he, he's got such a good handle on it. But he just he doesn't seem like he wants to be here. <laughs> right. He seems yeah. so sad, you know, right. and it wasn't that it was just I just didn't want to come across as obnoxious. And yeah. it wasn't until years later um, when I did. Jumanji. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, going in on uh, an audition for that and uh just so happened that that day at camp i had uh i had like four coca-colas and so like i'm just like just like bouncing around the walls right. and like i can't sit in my seat and did like, you have to read with robin well, williams because no, that sounds like was, a perfect right but uh, i was playing yeah. young robin yeah. williams so right, i right. think immediately they just jumped to like wow this kid is perfect you know and i'm right. like can't i can't you're doing still. a little john wayne yeah, a little right. pope a little like the classic uh robin doing uh, the whole routine yeah and I didn't even realize it, right? Like I'm just like I'm not normally like this, but I, I just came, you know, I had four cokes. So yeah. So um, so then I sort of realized that's the secret is just have a lot of caffeine yeah. and then go in and be super energetic. Right. And, <laughs> and it's so hard. I feel like I mean, obviously not not on the level of uh, you, but yeah, like that's something I've realized in the past couple of years where it's like, oh, I wonder if I need to push beyond what my desire for my normal personality is sometimes. Like to just like exude a little bit of caring, right? Yeah. Like, right, right. To people, like my friend described me once. He was just like he said something. He's like, "It's not that you come across an asshole. It's just that you're not interested in meeting anyone new." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah," and I it's like, somewhat is the way, but like I've realized, like, oh, I should 
curb that a little bit. And sometimes no, I, I think just... I think you push it even further. Yeah, maybe. that's what I think. <laughs> I think you create then you create this 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 aura around you where they're like, right. man, like I just really want that guy to like me. <laughs> you know, like I, like then you put it on them to right, be interesting. Right. Yeah, I think I think you're onto something yeah. there. All right, well, fuck it's good. It, I'll just keep trucking this way. There I'm working go. out quite well. Yeah. Cancel therapy. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Jumanji for for a second because that sounds like it was. I mean, was that the first real bit? Well, I guess the Little Man Tate was a a studio production. Yeah, but, but yeah. Jumanji seems like it was. That a, was yeah. It was, was, it a, was uh, in terms of budget and yeah, box mm-hmm. office and all of that. Yeah, it was certainly yeah. a, a huge a huge movie. Um, it was such a blast. Yeah, yeah, that was another one. Talk about best gigs ever. Yeah. Um, on the uh, on the sister podcast, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it was just such a blast. It, you know, getting to yeah work with ILM and like see you know they had all these animatronics on set. And yeah. Like these huge lions. And so what and you were like sixteen at the time. Or I was no, I was like twelve when I made oh. that. Yeah, yeah, that was still pretty young. I was sixteen point. at the time. Sorry. You were sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's always funny. Like I can tell how old people are by like what movies they respond to. Like right. because even Little Man Tate for me, you know, I was I was eight, so mm. it was you know maybe I would have seen that movie, but realistically, yeah. like you know, probably people who were ten or above right. would, have, would have gone to see that in theater. Mm-hmm. So right. cause some people come up to me and go, you know, oh Little Man Tate like it just changed my life. And I can tell that they're just a few years older yeah, or, right. or about my age. But yeah. right. then there are other anyone who's younger than me though doesn't know Little Man Tate and it's Jumanji. And they're yeah. always like, oh man, that movie scared me so much when I was a kid. <laughs> sure. Traumatized and well but so by the time Jumanji comes around, is this also are you auditioning for this? For Jumanji? for Jumanji, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was okay. saying I I went in and I, I oh, I'm sorry, that's right. Of course, of course. Yeah. All, all uh, the all the coke. So by this <laughs> are, by this point, are you are like how how much is you making the decision that I want to go after this role as opposed to like maybe parents or a manager yeah. saying like I well, think you should do this. Look, it's it's actually one of the advantages of doing this when you're young right. is you don't have to support yourself. You can really like, I never felt like, Oh, I was pushed into this role right. uh, for whatever reasons, you know, because I need to pay rent or I, yeah. you know, whatever. It was always because I felt connected to that project sure. in some way or another. And, yeah. and there are different things that kind of pull me in. Sometimes it's, you know, you just want to work with somebody like I, the Halloween movie I did. I just really wanted to work with Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, you know, right. and, uh, oh, we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Halloween I've got some good okay. stories from yeah. that one actually <laughs> too. So but it sounds uh, like there's the luxury of being able to choose the, the projects that you want to be involved with. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, uh, yeah, I think actually was it Jumanji. No, it was, it was, it was this other movie I did called Diabolique, um, where I sort of had this choice I had to make. It always feels like whenever you get opportunities, like there'll be like a crazy dry spell. And then right. when you get an opportunity, it's like it rains, what? it pours. Exactly. It's right. just sure. like all of a sudden now you have to choose between all these different projects. <laughs> right. Um, so it was like. Yeah, between I think Diabolique, which at the time when they were casting it, um, I think Jack Nicholson was was like circling it, right. and I was like, oh my god, that'd be so crazy. <laughs> and then there was another project too, and I can't remember what it was, but I think it was like De Niro or something right, was going right. to be in that, and I couldn't figure out like it was a really hard choice right. uh, which one to which one to pick. And in the end, neither one turned out to be a great movie. <laughs> right. But uh, <laughs> but um, just in, one other question about Jumanji though: playing the young, portraying a young Robin. Williams was there uh 
Did you guys have any like rap sessions where he was like telling me oh, how yeah. he was as a no, kid? No, he actually studied me a lot, uh, which is really interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like he would come into the trailer and tell me, you know, oh, I was watching tapes of you the other day, and he'd like pick up on the, all these little mannerisms that I did, <laughs> which was really uh, wild. Yeah, it was <laughs> right. so surreal to have Robin Williams kind of picking up and impersonating you. <laughs> That's amazing. So let's, let's, before we delve into Halloween, let's let's get a uh, let's get another worst gig. Another from, yeah, worst from, gig. Uh, yeah. Rack the brain from uh, okay. some point okay. along the line. Well, I, there's one other movie actually that I just mentioned, and uh, if you, if you're listening carefully, you'll know which one it was. <laughs> um, you can do the math, but uh, and it was. Uh, it was a pretty, <laughs> pretty crazy project to work on, uh, mainly because the star of the movie was a huge, huge diva. Right. And, uh, I guess I probably shouldn't say her name out loud. Right. Uh, she, who shall not be named. <laughs> That's right. Um, but you can probably figure it out who she is. <laughs> right. She's very well known for doing a movie, uh, where she spreads her legs yes. and, uh, in an interrogation scene. <laughs> Leslie and- Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen, you, we weren't supposed, ah, we weren't sorry, supposed sorry. to say the name on, on air. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> this woman was just so self-absorbed, and I, I really don't like to bad talk anybody. Right. Like, you know, just as a rule of thumb, I'm always very positive. I feel like I've been very fortunate, and I've largely had really good experiences. Um, <laughs> but this, this experience, on the other hand, was just, it was so outrageous, and she was so, self-absorbed um that like she just didn't realize that anyone else was was working on this movie and uh actually isabella johnny was in it mm. and she uh she's gorgeous she's this french actress yeah. who's been in a ton of stuff she's really just very naturally just she an ishtar yeah i think she, she might be is she the, the female lead in, Ish- yeah. in ishtar all right. It's been a while. I have yeah. to go revisit <laughs> okay. Ishtar. Right. It's, 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 I gotta say, not as bad as, as a tangent, it's, re- it's, I saw it, they, they showed it in the theater at the Museum of the uh, Moving Image a couple yeah. months ago. Went to the screening. Paul Williams, who did all the songs, was supposed to speak. Did not. He canceled, but Ugh. saw Ishtar on the big screen and I think a digital, a digital print. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a totally fun, I mean, it's a mess. It's a mess, but, but it's a, wor- it's a totally worthwhile viewing yeah. like you could it's it's worth watching yeah all right so anyway, <laughs> anyway to, uh, 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 <laughs> Isabella yeah, so, yeah, cool. yeah so so Isabella's in this movie and she's just very naturally beautiful mm-hmm. and this other actress uh, <laughs> was very very jealous of her right. and basically would come in you know we'd be ready to roll and she would like come in look look at Isabel and go she looks too good today we we, we can't shoot right now she would walk off Christ. set She'd just walk off set. Wow. So, uh, or she'd pull, you know, she'd pull out her cell phone when they roll yell, when they'd yell rolling. And it was, it was, uh, it was really wild. So I was actually probably the only person on set that she was really nice to. Mm -hmm. Um, because again, I was like, you know, I was pretty young. Um, I was a teenager at that point. And I think she thought like she could sort of take me under her wing. Right. I think also, uh, she knew that I had worked with Jody and I think she, you know, sure, sure. Looked up to Jody. Yeah. Gravitas. Yeah. Yeah, Right. right, right. So, um, (laughs) at any rate, so, um, she was sort of trying to like pull me in and like give me guidance as to how I could be just like her and do, do nudity, be, be a big star, <laughs> lots of nudity. Yeah, that's right, full front. Um, yes, so uh, so I did lots of nudity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, she would like pull me aside and be like, and it was actually very insightful as to sort of the way she thought. But she she said to me at one point she like pulled you know actually was in the middle of a take. <laughs> I don't know why she'd pull me aside and she'd be like, I just have to tell you, you know, like. The most important thing is just like, 
do what you have to do. Like no one else matters. And like, especially when we're rolling, like just you do whatever you, whatever it is that you <laughs> oh. have to do, you do it. And no one else, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So I was wow. like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. You know? Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, she was just like terrible to everybody, uh, including my family. My, my mom and my sister were on set and they would, uh, she kicked my little sister and mom out of the green room one time because she, she needed her space. <laughs> Um, but I, so I, at that point sort of was like, you know, just like, okay, we need to stage a revolt here. Like right. we need to do something fun and play some pranks on it. Cause again, coming from the Leslie Nielsen, of course, set, you know, you got to top, how do you top fart wars? Right. right. So we got to go, we got to take it one step further. So I decided, and again, like, I'm just a big fan of like getting the whole crew together and right, like right. doing something silly. I decided, oh, and I should also mention that this woman had an entourage of about five or six people that she would not go anywhere without, you know. Now, was like, this, just, just to interject, this is kind of at the height of her... Uh, or yes, the, the, generally the right. height, I would say it was probably like... Actress, she was yeah. Yeah, on the maybe way, just on over, the way. Okay. just over, right. Okay. So, um, <laughs> who's so she, directed the Uh This guy, Jeremiah Chechik, oh. who did uh, Benny and June. And he yeah. also did National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I didn't right. know that. I, I think that was his know. first movie, and why I know that, I... I want to run away from this microphone <laughs> and jump out the window. But yeah, he, you're revealing a lot about yourself. He directed right now. Uh, yeah. Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Carry on. Anyway, okay. so um, so I decided. Okay, so she's got her entourage of like five or six people. She won't go anywhere without right. her makeup person and her driver and her whatever. And uh, so I was like, I'm okay. Let's let's do this. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take her advice to heart. I'm gonna like you know we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna one up her here. So I got the entire crew, a hundred people together. Uh, wardrobe gave me like sunglasses and an ascot, <laughs> the whole right. the whole shebang. And I come like strutting up to set, you know, and like I've got a hundred people behind me, and you know I'm on my, on my phone, and I'm like walk, and I walk right up to her, and I look, <laughs> and I pull off my sunglasses, and I go. I have arrived. <laughs> and the best part was, again, like she was so self-absorbed that she didn't even realize I was making fun of her. Of so she just looks at me and she's like, all right, let's get started. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, that, Tales that, of Hollyweird. Yeah, yeah. That type yeah. of personality. Is Amazing. Just, it saves me. Yeah. yeah. But, you, but then you see like what what they go through and how what kind of glass bubble they live in yeah, yeah, yeah. the adoration and no one's saying no to right. them and it's a completely unrealistic way to live but they've managed to like for the moment kind of uh, go on what's the, the director just, of Christmas Vacation gonna say I don't know yeah. what is You're Jeremiah right, right. Chechik gonna say <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, so okay so yeah let's let, we got we got to delve into Hollywood so, Jeff <laughs> I'm gonna turn this over to you so, okay yeah, so yes. you were it H2O I was which uh, for the listener is one of the last movies I ever saw in the drive-in really, oh, really? on Long Island saw it with my college girlfriend uh, yeah and the drive-in wow I hope that's, that worked out well for that, you that's yeah and then we broke out? up immediately after oh no okay that's H2O but yeah, but so how did you get? I mean, were you? I I, I'm, I mean, going also also that you uh, in diggers, you were afraid of yes. cemeteries and stuff. Yes. Now, like, how did you deal with being in a Halloween series? But like, were you a fan of Halloween? I was. Okay. I was. I'm I'm a huge horror fan. I love Halloween movies. Um, you know, when you hear Jamie Lee Curtis is attached, it's just like, right. oh my god, this is so cool. Um, you know, and and to go back to the digger thing, you know, I'm not afraid of like 
well, I mean, I guess everyone <laughs> to some extent is afraid of death, but uh, it's just cemeteries really that sure. freak me out. Sure. But like, you know, uh, bloodier, gory scenes or death scenes and all that stuff that right. I'm totally cool with. In fact, I love all that stuff. Yeah, right. um, like I, yeah, love having death scenes and, uh, and, and I'd love playing like villains and bad guys and right. stuff like that too. And so for this, I actually was going to get both because originally um, in the, in the original script, I was going to be the bad, I was going to be the killer in really? Halloween. Yeah, it was going to be like a copycat thing. Oh, it's so, going to be like uh, Friday the 13th Part 6 or 5. The one where you find out that Jason isn't back and it's a cop. It's a son uh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, it's like that. So I was going to be, you know, this, yeah, this, this guy who, who was doing copycat killings and then at the end, Michael Myers comes back right. and kills me, right. uh, which was, which would have been super fun. And the reason I got the part, I think, <laughs> right. I didn't never actually talk to the director about this, but, um, but the day I auditioned for that, I just felt awful. I was like feeling really sick. I had like just this bad headache and, uh, I went in and did the read and it was like, I thought it was just horrible because <laughs> like I was so out of it, but because I was like playing this like creepy killer, right. it actually like worked to my favor because yeah, they were right. like, man, this guy is like really like, he's just like not there. You know, I was like, great. So, uh, so I got the part as a killer right. and then they wound up sort of changing the script around and making the script, uh, better. Um, or so they said, but, uh, <laughs> it, no, it was, it was better than the original. Right. Um, but in, it, but, uh, I was collateral basically and mm -hmm. went from being the, uh, the, the the killer to the horny best friend, which is fun right. too. That's always fun. <laughs> it was too. a fun, it's yeah. a fun role. You oh, got totally. To yeah, no, it was a, it was a lot of fun. I, I mean, also, uh, it show is so interesting because it's like it's the, the Halloween series itself is so convoluted, like or it's been so like because H two O got rid of essentially four and five. Well, it was and also six, right. the entire. It was essentially like it jumped from two. It's just skipping to right, right H2O. back to the. Jamie Wasn't it supposed stuff, right? to be yeah. sort of a reboot? No, like, no, I don't no, think, it, no, no. It was supposed to be a continuation because at that point they weren't doing that style of like you know where it's kind of a, a new one, kind of a reboot like the last Friday Thirteenth was. Uh -huh. No, they just like you know three of course is its own yeah, world, it's a, yeah. which is a fantastic movie. Halloween three is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> uh, but yeah, four and five are a different storyline okay. that starts to get into a whole thing about how Michael Myers was part of this rune cult that they like use him to kill people. And those are uh, known and, as the weakest entries, right? Uh, yeah, they're still got some moments, but they're not great. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're not like one and two. And then also H two O is great. Like I, yeah. it, it's a, it was a solid movement i think in the yeah the halloween franchise it was a lot of fun to make yeah, yeah. it was right. a really fun one um although i did actually the director at one point <laughs> did uh -huh. tell me that i was going to bring down miramax because <laughs> i was because we were shooting the scene too long and <laughs> that was that was that was a rough note to take really? but i i had to laugh it off because oh, come on right. but uh yeah we were the director of that movie uh had done a lot of the dawson's creek i have this weird oh. thing in my career of like keep i keep working with dawson's creek right. people but you never worked uh, on dawson's creek i never worked on dawson's creek but like i and worked I with josh jackson connecticut did you with james vanderbeek well, no way His i did a movie father was my baseball coach that's wild yeah, yeah. he's a really good guy yeah. I, I actually did a movie with him years later. i'm telling you I can't get away from these people. <laughs> but um, uh, the director had d done a lot of Dawson's Creek. And, you know, as you know, on that show, they everyone talks really fast. And it's yeah. very unnatural. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing the scene <laughs> for Halloween. And... Um, 
<laughs> and so like we're standing out on the sidewalk. I, I think the scene was like I had just like um shoplifted some booze or something mm-hmm. we're in town and I'm on this on the sidewalk and I'm talking with Josh Hartnett and uh and and basically the director just keeps cutting and he's like you're not talking fast enough and I'm like okay like let me try it a little faster and like yeah. I do it a little faster and he cuts and he's like you're I heard it like it's not it's 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 too slow it's too slow <laughs> so like Okay. So I, I'm going faster and faster and faster. And like, it just, it, it, like, he, it was never enough for him. And then at one point he goes, like, he's like, I heard you, I heard, uh, I heard a pause in there. Right. Like, you're not, and I'm like, a pause. I was gasping for air. Like, I'm trying <laughs> to, I can't go, I can't make this, you know. Right. So, and then he goes, well, you know. I, we're going to put Miramax out of business, so I guess oh. we just have to move on. So, okay, okay. Um, uh, I don't remember. Is that in the movie? Do people just talk really fast throughout the whole thing? It, it has. It does. I mean, you were there, but it has a <laughs> Dawson's Creek vibe to it. It like, does. The, like, it does. It has that pace of like yeah. they were making a younger pacey Halloween. pace. It has no, a pacey. Yeah. The pacey pace. But I remember yeah. watching it thinking like, oh, they're, they're doing like because I think it was right around that time. It was big like. Uh, and the WB was kind of blown sure. up. So they were trying to make it, like, bring it back. It was, like, you know, actors you knew. Yeah. And, like, uh, yeah. Did John Carpenter ever show up? He never showed up. Yeah. Um, a bunch of, you know, the original producers were Never there. Hill. And, um, Oh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Uh, he was Mustafa the original. Akash. Yes, he was there. He was there. Mustafa, oh, Mustafa was there. showed up. Yeah, he was there. <laughs> Mustafa, oh, Mustafa. Is the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so it was, you know, it was really cool. Yeah. And and again, like just Jamie Lee Curtis and Janet Lee, like getting to meet her. That's and incredible. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, yeah, she was really sweet. And at the premiere, uh, actually, Tony Curtis showed up too. Really? Mom and Dad showed mm-hmm. up. Tony Curtis actually hit on my teenage sister at the time. And uh, it was a beautiful... Uh, Some Like It Hot is one of my favorite movies yeah, of all right. time. And uh, so, he, so I'm like on the red carpet with my sister. And he turns to her and he's like, well, how old are you, young lady? <laughs> you know, he's in his, what, 70s or yeah. 80s at this point. And she's right. like, um, 13. And he's like, well, no one's perfect. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you know what? That's totally sketchy, but... <laughs> I'm cool. With I, it. That's cool. Watched. Yeah, yeah. Tony, like I remember you're, actually, you're gonna pull that line. Yeah. <laughs> I remember go, go my dad it. always used to quote this Tony Curtis line. He did some movie probably in the 50s or 60s, which was like uh, a medieval or something or like a seafaring movie mm-hmm. that was clear, clearly like supposed to be centuries ago. And he right. and he had some line in the movie, and he just he's Tony Curtis in this movie. He's just like. Yonder is the castle of my father. <laughs> and that's just like the Tony, Tony Curtis method, I guess, yeah. if, if you will. <laughs> right, right. So, Tony can't stop being Tony, man. <laughs> I think he was also wearing a watch in that movie, sure. too. <laughs> <laughs> like, almost done here. <laughs> so, um, so after Halloween, right? I mean, you, you, so you've always been a writer on this kind of – that's what you've been doing for, yeah, for a yeah, while Yeah, lately. Now. I mean, I've sort of moved more behind the camera um, – yeah. Basically, when I got to college, um, you know, again, like, you know, school was always important to me. And I had this sort of moment where I was like, well, again, that choice, like, do I do I keep working? Do I like, you know, do I go to school? What do I do? And ultimately, I was like, you know what? I don't want to be like, if I go and do a job now, then I'm going to like come back. If I ever want to do college again, I'm going to be, you know, 25 and a freshman right. or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's just not the same experience. Sure. So I decided, you know what? I want to take some time off. I did do one movie, um, freshman year of college and it was like the first day 
of orientation was the first day of the shoot. Mm-hmm. And so I like somehow miraculously made it all work, but it was like crazy. And, you know, right. I'm like jetting around, like I'd go to classes for three days a week and then like hop on the train back to New York and shoot for three days a week and then like go back and, you know, it just wasn't really sustainable. Yeah, I, I right. had no social life. Like, I was this very mysterious guy on campus because, like, everybody was like, oh, who's, you know, who's this guy yeah. who's making movies and whatever. <laughs> but, like, I couldn't reap any of the benefits of that because, right. like, I just had no social life. Right. And uh, so after that, I decided, you know, okay, I want to, like, take a break from acting stuff, yeah. go to school. And, um, you know, and, I, and I've done so much acting stuff that, like, I was like, I don't want to study it. Right. Um, right. And, again, there's that sort of pretentious thing, too, where, like, I don't know. Like I always had this weird like stigma against acting classes just because, yeah. because again, those kids, they really did their number on me. And I was like, uh, it just seems so pretentious. And you and never took really. Took, no, I never like, took it was acting all classes. On no, natural. It was always very natural. Yeah. And, and cause then you also don't want to be that guy. It's like, well, when I was on set with Jody, <laughs> yeah, she right. did this. So <laughs> I don't know. Teach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. When you have Jody Foster as right. your, as your, as your, Wait, coach, let me ask you, was the movie that you were working on, was that the Todd Salons movie? That was the Todd okay. Salons thing. Yeah. 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 I did this Todd Salons movie called Storytelling. Oh, right. With right. James Vanderbeek. Yep. And actually both of us got cut from it in the end. Right. Um, which was which was too bad, right. but not actually that bad because uh, he Todd Salons, you know, he's a he's a an interesting character, and uh, he put us all in some very uh, awkward scenes. Right. Uh, that uh, I guess it's probably for the best that they never see the light of day. Uh, I mean, he got speed to that guy that like. I, I can watch almost anything. Almost uh, every Todd yeah. Slons movie, though, I watch it. I'm like, I am generally uncomfortable. Totally, yeah. totally. Like he yeah. found the way to Defective. do that. Yeah, filmmaker. yeah. No, I'm yeah. a big fan of his stuff, um, yeah. and I loved working with him. But yeah, he's such a unique character, and he's so neurotic about things. But he pays the most attention to detail. Yeah. It's amazing. Right. Um, but I've got some good good stories from that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was one. So I've, I, <laughs> again, like he just always put us in these very awkward scenes, and. Um, <laughs> so the the plot line that that I was in with James Banderbeek was we were roommates. It takes place in college, and uh, and my girlfriend is Emmanuel Shriki, who mm-hmm. played Sloan on uh-huh. Entourage, yeah. right? And she's she's really sweet and very charming and very good looking, and uh, and so. I play her boyfriend and, uh, she's in love with James Vanderbeek, who's my roommate. And then it turns out that he's gay right. and into somebody else. Um, so, uh, a lot of awkwardness between me and Emmanuel. And we had the sex scene, um, which, uh, which is always a strange thing to shoot sure. a sex scene. Uh-huh. Um, it's always fun, but it's like, it's kind of weird. Can we get more smoke <laughs> and, uh, in here? Yeah. Yeah. Pump, pump some more smoke in, please. Yeah. Adam's looking really pale. It's, <laughs> What's going on? Um, Let's get Leslie Nielsen's fart buzzer. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So we're doing this uh, this sex scene, and um, it was like, I mean, it was again, it was a long day. We're there for like eighteen hours, which I can't complain about (laughs) to be lying in bed with with M for eighteen hours. Yeah, Um, but (laughs) it's a closed set, and uh, you know, it's like we're working, and it's really intense, and um, (laughs) basically, uh, at one point, M kind of raises her hand she's like hey guys like do you mind if we take a little break um i have to use the bathroom whatever and the first ad is like no look we're on this really tight schedule like can you hold it just hold off for for a little while we'll take a break then or whatever so at that point i realized like i'm also oh and again i have to set this up I, uh, you know, I've been drinking a lot of, I drink a lot of Coca-Cola <laughs> back to my Jumanji <laughs> This is days, your secret. Now <laughs> that I'm like addicted to Coke, addicted to Coke, right? Right. So, um, 
on this set, they don't have Coke. They just have uh, iced tea. And so I guess that the ca- caffeine is not like high enough. It, the content is not high enough right. in, like, in iced tea. So I'm just like pounding these iced teas all day. So I realize at this point when M speaks up, I'm like, you know, I really have to go to the bathroom too. <laughs> right. uh, so I kind of like, I, I chime in and I'm like, yeah, actually, like if we could take a break, I could really use the bathroom. And at that point, everybody's just like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Like you need to use the bathroom. Like go ahead. Like, you know, like, oh, let's take, let's take five. You need <laughs> five, weird. 10, yeah. half an hour. How long do you need? And I, I realized at that point, I'm like, like guys, come on. Like, that's not, <laughs> right. I didn't, that, I just need to use the bathroom. Yeah. Go on. So that was very embarrassing. Oh. But, um, and then, yeah, so the other great thing about storytelling was, uh, Todd gave everybody all these little, um, uh, little, um, chores, the little mm-hmm. things that they had to, uh, little challenges that they had to do for each part. <clears throat> so, um, for instance, for me, I, there was like, I was supposed to be writing like a play or something and he knew that I was kind of musical and he said, uh, yeah, you, you, you play like instruments and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, yeah, I play guitar, I play whatever. He's like, well, he hands me a CD. He's like, well, learn this song on piano. And I go, okay. So, you know, I haven't played piano in years and there's no sheet music or anything. It's just a CD. So I'm like trying to like figure it out, but I did, I figured it out more or less. And, um, and it was just sort of this weird little interesting challenge that, um, you know, my character has to sort of uh, play this song. Right. Anyway, little did I know that, um, (laughs) uh, he gave everybody these little challenges. And, um, there's one scene in the movie where, uh, Em and I are like sitting on a, we're at a uh, party Mm -hmm. and it's like a dance party and we're sitting on this couch and it's this kind of awkward scene where she's like sort of breaking up with me and it's like, it's just sort of, a little awkward. And then, um, at the end of the, on paper, at the end of the scene, uh, she says like, Oh, I love the song. Like, let's get up and dance. And, and like, it's, you know, it says on paper, like she pulls him up from the couch and they go to dance. So, um, we're going there and we're shooting the scene. And on the day, like it's a pretty big party scene. And, um, we do the scene and it's like super awkward and like, it was good. It was a mm-hmm. good scene. And then at the end, she says, Oh, I love this you know, song and she pulls me up and I'm waiting for them to yell cut, but they don't. And instead (laughs) the entire dance floor, which like was like an illuminated dance floor, like all like 50 people who were on the dance floor, like just sort of separate and like move along the edges of the dance floor. And then like, it's just me and M standing on this dance floor and she starts pulling out this like Jennifer Beals, like uh, flash dance routine. (laughs) And I have, no idea what's going on. Like, right. I, you know, like, I did yeah. not prepare for this at all. Right. And I'm just standing there like a deer in headlights. And she's like pulling flash dance around me. So, uh, yeah, so I was... That I was, was her chore, I'm assuming? That was her chore. That was her her, uh, her task was to learn how to dance like Jennifer That's amazing. Reveals. So, yeah, so it was like, I was just totally, right. you know, deer caught in headlights, yeah. totally embarrassed. So, wait, so it no, would have been great if the song she had to dance to was you playing. Yeah. <laughs> was me song. playing that? Yeah. That would have been awesome. Yeah. What the fuck so, wait, going what is going no, and no DVD extras of this. I, I hope someday. I heard. Right. I heard a rumor that Todd like burned all the footage or something. Like, <laughs> I he's hate just this. eccentric <laughs> like that. I don't know. But uh, that was yeah. my Todd's alliance, by the way. Was um, good. It was good. But, so, um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully someday it'll it'll surface. Man, we got these are you got and, some and haunt me. Some fantastic yeah. stories here. Let, uh, just. Uh, kind of briefly touch on like the writing stuff that you've been doing lately you work on fringe yeah yeah i worked on fringe i yeah i worked for bad robot you know so after um 
college. I'm, I, and in college again, I, I sort of, we, we went on a tangent, right. but, um, I, yeah, I realized like I, I love acting stuff, um, but I didn't really want to study it. Right, right. Um, and I've always been a huge, uh, movie buff. And so I kind of was more interested in just genre stuff and history, film history and, and getting behind the camera and making stuff of my own. Right. So I started doing a lot of writing and directing and all of that and just kind of fell in love with that. Um, and then when I moved, uh, when I finished college, I moved out to LA, mm -hmm. uh, and sort of moved more heavily into the writing world. Um, so yeah, so I was, you know, actually worked with, um, JJ Abrams on, uh, <laughs> on Diabolique, which I was talking about <laughs> earlier. Yeah. Uh, which, ooh, maybe that was a spoiler alert. I think I was trying to hide <laughs> untitled, that. But, uh, the untitled, the Untitled Project yes, from 1997. But, no, but JJ was actually acting in that. Okay, uh, right. So we were both acting in that, and we sort of became friendly. And uh, and when uh, I moved out to LA, I reached out to him, and I was like, you know, hey, like I would love to get involved with everything you're, right. you're doing. Um, so I worked for them for a little bit, and then, um, yeah, I was in the writer's room uh, on Fringe. I was I was an assistant over there, and yeah. like just Fantastic you know trying to show. take it on. Yeah, it was a great I show. Love really good show. like that show became a, like just like a great show like it started off like pretty strong but yeah then became like well i think the first season was very that show was was so interesting because it was it was it was a great case study it right. was kind of part procedural part serialized right. like we've been moving more and more in the last five ten years mm -hmm. towards like serialized television right. i think the shows that people by and large get really excited about are the ones that like have evolving right. stories right. and like you know it's it's not just a two-hour movie but or or a show that resets every week with a formula exactly. right. but it's like no like this whole season is like a 12-hour movie yeah. you know and then next season it keeps going and you're just like it's so exciting yeah. so i think fringe especially for network tv mm -hmm. was kind of on that like you know it, it was the cusp it was, it was a trailblazer really yeah. and like kind of trying to figure out what that balance is between yeah. hey like we can like tell a really serialized interesting story with the alternate universe and all that stuff but also have the case of the week element that is going to be accessible to people just who want to just tune in for like a random episode or right. something you know and i think as yeah. the years went on they moved more towards the serialized stuff yeah which i think is more interesting it was sure. it was uh, i think that was like it started off i was like oh it's a pretty good show and like it, they clearly were like pushing it in a little bit direction than it went into because like you know they had that whole first season where they had like shorter commercial breaks yeah yeah and they had that new audio technology they kept babbling about where it's like <laughs> thx you know. no it was it was this new thing that they were first using in fringe i remember them talking about it where it was like it would just make it so it sounded like things were behind, so a cell phone would be behind uh -huh. you and then they kind of stopped doing it i think but <laughs> right right but once they got into it like yeah once they got into that whole world and i'm sure you were sitting there and could speak to it like yeah like it was just like like i was telling him for me like the the i think it was the 1986 episode mm -hmm, when mm -hmm. they did the flashback and yeah it, yeah but also changed the intro and right. i was like oh this is a smart show yes like they're gonna do things like that the fact that they'll make a joke in the intro, like making cell phones a technology. Oh, that was so much fun! Yeah, like, I was yeah. just like, oh, like this has become a whole another thing, and it became so much more interesting. It's such a like involved story that I could like once my wife tried to get me to explain what was going on, I was like, it starts yeah, getting complicated, it's way yeah. too much. Right. So, right. did that? Did the experience of working on Fringe uh, kind of? open your eyes to maybe like getting involved with TV at yeah, some point. Yeah, well, I mean, I think even before that I knew that like TV was what was really exciting me. Yeah, you know, right. like I, ever since like 
I don't know. It was it was in college. It was in college mm-hmm. that I got really excited about television. Yeah. Um, and, you know, up until that point, I had really been a film guy. And yeah, I watched a lot of TV, but I never really took it that seriously. And I think the industry was was set up in a different way. Like, sure, it's, yeah. it's changed a lot. Like, yeah. if you did movies, you were never you'd never go. You wouldn't take that step down exactly. to do right, TV. Right. And now it's really that's not the case at all. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. It's like if you're doing TV, you can do any movie you want because you're sure. a, you're a t- you know. But yeah. um. Yeah, so I think like Alias was very, um, you know, influential mm-hmm. for me, like just sort of seeing again that, that like you think it's kind of like that case of the week format. Right. And then all of a sudden they do something that just like is a total game changer right. and you're like, whoa, like this is so cool. So that and the Sopranos definitely too is like, you know, just when right. watching that and you're like, oh my God, like the possibilities here are just so, yeah, so, uh, exciting. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, I think I moved out to LA always kind of with that, like, okay, maybe t- TV, TV writing is is especially the one hour dramas yeah, right. are are what I want to be doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been cool and and um, yeah. After that, I wound up um, doing a year long fellowship with um, Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, they do this really cool writers workshop, um, and it's like it's crazy. It's hard to get into. There's like thousands of people that apply, and they right. only take like eight people a year. You drink um, a lot of Coke before I drink you a lot of Coke before going in. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, so it was really cool. Yeah. And you write, you know, you write original pilots, you do specs, you do all that. I actually right. wrote a spec for Breaking Bad, nice. um, which was what got me into the program. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's... Which is really, and, really and what is the stuff, uh, that you're, uh, that's, co- that you're working on right now that's going to be coming that you're excited about? Yeah. Like... What's what's the next move? Well, I've got a couple uh, pilots that I'm that I'm working on. A couple that are already written, and uh, one that I'm finishing up now. Um, one, well, I, I can't say too much about them, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're all one-hour dramas, and they're all kind of dark. And uh, the TV version of Diabolique, you're yes, adapting exactly. It for. That's okay. right. I've been working on this adaptation for <laughs> for a long time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but um, yeah, so they're all kind of dark and gritty, and I think you know I I tend to lean more towards that serialized right. notion but I again like I think it is important to still be accessible right. and like I want you know if if people are going to watch it and take it seriously you want you want them to be able to dig deep and right. like get a lot of stuff out of it that you maybe wouldn't notice on the first right, time right. but uh, or if you don't watch every week but you also yeah. want people who just have never seen it before to understand what's happening and all of that yeah. so and make it just a fun hour of tv so right. so that's always my goal when i write um and uh i'm working on actually i can say I, the one that i'm just finishing up right now i won't say too much about it but i'll say that it's it's kind of loosely based on my experiences uh, as a child actor wow, and great. and living out in hollywood yeah. and all the kind of nonsense and the worst gigs ever that you <laughs> go on and 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 all of that so, well, so well, it's fun it's to, a rich territory there it we, is a to, rich territory to bring yeah. this full circle yeah. like you just did question that we ask all of our guests mm-hmm. what do you think of the word gig, gig. the gig <laughs> who what do i think of the word gig um, I think it takes on different connotations depending on what industry you're in. Right. Uh, sure. Like I think for musicians, like a gig is like, yeah, that's pretty commonplace to say I've got a gig. And right. it's like, you know, I think that's totally acceptable. <laughs> I think for a lot of jobs though, if you say like, I got a gig, you kind of sound like an asshole. <laughs> right. Um, it's like, it's like you're trying really hard to sound like nonchalant right. or like, like this, like I'm, this is, too cool but like right. yeah, I'm, i don't care about it that much it's just a gig you know <laughs> but yeah it's like this gig i'm working on you know so um 
Yeah, but I think when the the word association, when I think of gig, I always think of uh, always because I think about this a lot. <laughs> uh, there's this song by uh, I don't know if you guys know Trainwreck, which is uh, uh, Kyle Gass from Tenacious. Oh, sure, yeah. He has like a side band. I don't know if they actually still are together or not. Mm-hmm. I hope they are because they're awesome. Uh, they're called Trainwreck, and they all like dress up as like hillbillies and call themselves like Shreddy Krueger and uh. stuff like that. <laughs> um, but uh, there's a song called Rock Responsibly, uh, which is a great song. Yeah. And uh, in the song, there's this cautionary tale about this guy who wants to rock really hard. He works at a big and tall shop, but now he wants to rock. <laughs> yeah. And so he quits his job, and then he tells all his friends that he's got these awesome gigs in line. And all the clubs are like, you know, like, are knocking down his door. Right. But in reality, he's just like doing like the kitty corner at like Borders Books. Right. You know, so that's what I think of when I think of gig is like, yeah. is is this guy who works, you know, it at the big right. and tall that, shop. That definitely. Uh, yeah. Singing that's in just... Borders Books, but like wants to sound cool. So he's talking about his gigs, you know. Well, uh, <laughs> look, that's fantastic. Adam Hanberg, you have taken us on this journey. Of, of, of insight, of bad gigs. We got acting, writing. The whole spectrum. What does this guy not do? Modern Renaissance man. I hey, know. I do what exactly. I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so it's- listen, I know you're visiting New York. You live in Los Angeles. Yeah. You're going home sometime soon. Don't know when. Doesn't matter. But Maybe I'll find a really bad gig while I'm here. <laughs> and you Who can, knows? You can phone it in. You can let us know about it. But That's until right, I'll keep then, you updated. Yeah, please, please do. do. Please do. We just want you. <laughs> to get home safe. Oh, you're too kind, sir. Worst gig 